0: Biden administration colluding with social media, Governor Abbott of Texas busing illegal immigrants to Chicago, Oregon tells California to hold its beer on electric cars, and more on today's Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. My name is Toby Sumter. Today is Friday, September 2nd, 2022. Blue Ridge Reformed Church is a potential CREC church plant in the Roanoke Valley, Virginia. They will begin worship services on Sunday, September 4th. That's this Sunday at 6 p.m., located at 6032 Cloverdale Road, Roanoke, Virginia. For more information, folks can check out the website Blue Ridge Reformed.org. Over 50 Biden administration employees, 12 U.S. agencies are involved in social media censorship. Push over 50 officials in President Joe Biden's administration across a dozen agencies have been involved with efforts to pressure big tech companies to crack down on alleged misinformation, according to documents released on August 31st. This is from Epic Times. Senior officials in the U.S. government, including White House lawyer Dana Remus, deputy assistant to the president Rob Flaherty, and one-time White House senior COVID-19 advisor Andy Slavitt, have been in touch with one or more major social media companies to try to get the companies to tighten rules on allegedly false and misleading information on COVID-19 and take action against users who violate the rules the documents show in july 2021 for instance after biden said that facebook was killing people by not combating misinformation effectively an executive at meta reached out to surgeon general vivek murthy a biden appointee to say that the government and meta teams met after the remarks to better understand the scope of what the white house expects from us on misinformation going forward meta that's facebook Met with the White House, I'm going to read that again, quote, to better understand the scope of what the White House expects from us on misinformation going forward. Why in the world would an information company be meeting with the federal government to find out what they are allowed to have on their platforms? I mean, unless it's something is obviously criminal – why are they doing that? The same executive later wrote to Murthy, saying, I wanted to make sure you saw the steps we took just this past week to adjust policies and what we are removing with respect to misinformation, as well as steps taken to further address the disinfo dozen, quote, including removing pages linked to the group the white house publicly pressured social media companies to take action against the group officials dubbed the disinformation dozen which a nonprofit claimed were producing the bulk of anti-vaccine misinformation on the platforms also in july 2021 murthy said facebook had not done enough to combat misinformation i mean what are they doing the same thing with like verizon or at&t or whatever they did this they were doing the same thing with the washington post or the new york times Rob Flaherty, director of digital strategy for the White House, told Slavitt and others in April 2021 that White House staff would be briefed by Twitter on vaccine misinfo, with the meeting including ways the White House and our COVID experts can partner in product work, according to one of the messages. In another exchange that year, a Department of Treasury official working on mis-, dis-, and malinformation told told workers again, Meta's Facebook, that the deputy treasury secretary wanted to talk about, quote, potential influence operations. Oh, you mean, like, Propaganda. In a text in February 2021, meanwhile, U.S. Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, Director Jen Easterly wrote to another agency official that she was, quote, trying to get us in a place where Fed can work with platforms to better understand the miss slash dis trends so relevant agencies can try to pre bunk or debunk as useful. Again, we call that. Propaganda. The documents are part of a preliminary production in a lawsuit levied against the government by the Attorney Generals of Missouri and Louisiana, later joined by experts maligned by federal officials. If there was ever any doubt the federal government was behind censorship of Americans who dared to dissent from official COVID messaging, that doubt has been erased. Jen and Younes, a lawyer with the new Civil Liberties Alliance, who's representing some of the plaintiffs in the case, said in a statement, quote, the shocking extent of the government's involvement in silencing Americans through coercing social media companies has now been revealed. Hey, do you remember about the Fight Laugh East Club membership? By joining the Fight Laugh East Army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you also get access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all our conference talks, and exclusive content, For club members, like backstage conversations that we do almost every day of the week right after the Daily Show finishes. You can't find it anywhere else. Lastly, you get discounts for our conferences, including $100 off. The Fight Laugh Feast conference is coming up October 6th through the 8th in Knoxville, Tennessee. So sign up now at flfnetwork.com and become a Fight Laugh Feast club member. Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Wednesday said that illegal aliens apprehended along the US Mexican border are now being bussed to Chicago, in addition to New York City and Washington D.C. Abbott said his strategy to bus illegal immigrants from Texas to the Democrat-led sanctuary cities makes a strategic point about the impact of President Joe Biden's open border policies on American communities. President Biden's inaction at our southern border continues putting the lives of Texans and Americans at risk and is overwhelming our communities, the Republican governor said in a statement. To continue providing much-needed relief to our small, overrun border towns, Chicago will join fellow sanctuary cities Washington D.C. and New York City as an additional drop-off location. Acknowledging Chicago's sanctuary city policies, Abbott said Mayor Lori Lightfoot loves to tout that her city welcomes illegal immigrants as a matter of responsibility. I look forward to seeing this responsibility in action as these migrants receive resources from a sanctuary city with the capacity to serve them, Abbott said. The Chicago mayor's office confirmed that around 60 illegal aliens have arrived at Union Square from Texas last Wednesday night. And we're being provided with essential services while they, quote, navigate the next steps of their journey. As a city, we're doing everything we can to ensure these immigrants and their families receive shelter, food, and most importantly, protection, the spokesperson said in a statement. This is not new. Chicago welcomes hundreds of migrants every year to our city and provides much needed assistance. The spokesperson also accused Abbott of having, quote, no shame or humanity and described the busing program as racist practices. Right. So very, very welcoming, but hey, you have no shame or humanity and you're a racist. The mayors of Washington, D.C. and New York City, Muriel Bowser and Eric Adams, have also criticized the busing program, calling it a political stunt. Yeah, it probably is a political stunt. But Abbott has said the illegal immigrants voluntarily chose to go to their cities where there is more capacity to serve them, all voluntary. The Texas governor first directed the Texas Division of Emergency Management in April to charter buses to transport illegal immigrants who claimed asylum when apprehended along the U.S.-Mexico border to Washington, D.C. New York City was added as a second drop-off location in August. Since then, more than 8,900 illegal aliens have been bussed out of Texas to those cities, providing much-needed relief to Texas' overwhelmed border communities, according to Abbott's office. Overwhelmed with the influx of illegal aliens arriving from Texas, Bowser has twice asked the Biden administration to deploy National Guard personnel to help her city cope. Both requests were denied. Lightfoot signed Chicago's Welcoming City Ordinance Measure in February 2021, to strengthen the city's sanctuary policies, which prevented local police from cooperating with federal immigration authority. Chicago has been a welcoming city and a city of immigrants since its very founding, and proudly so, Lightfoot said at the time. Abbott's office noted that under this policy, Chicago doesn't deny city services to individuals based on their immigration status. With its Welcoming City Ordinance making it a sanctuary city, Chicago will not deny city services to individuals based on their immigration status. The city also does not require local police to cooperate with federal immigration authorities, Abbott's office said. Abbott promised to keep busing illegal aliens to so-called sanctuary cities until the Biden administration does its job to secure the border. Now, while there are criminals coming across the border, of course, many, many of these immigrants are people, who, of course, that are just looking for jobs, looking for a better life, and work and many of them are actually pretty conservative probably a lot more conservative than the people in washington dc new york city or chicago on the one hand you know this is kind of a political stunt uh i also wonder on the other hand whether abbott's like i don't know sending away people who could actually make texas uh, more conservative i mean you got people moving in from california and new york and so forth and is, and texas is going purple uh why not why not w- make ways to welcome them and give them work uh, and incentivize that. Uh, you know, another thought on the third hand, because, you know, should always have a third hand on these things. Maybe God's going to use these illegal immigrants in Chicago and Washington, D.C. and New York City uh, to do some kind of reformation there. And maybe Chicago in a decade or two will be a, a conservative city. We'll see. Not so long ago, the American dream was alive and well. Yeah, I remember that. Employees. Who worked hard were rewarded. Employers looking for people who could do the job looked for people who could do the job, not for people who had the right. Political views. redballoon.work dot work is a job site designed to get us back to what made American businesses successful: free speech, hard work, and having fun. If you're a free speech employer who wants to hire employees who focus on their work and not identity politics, then post a job on redballoon.work. dot work. If you're an employee who is being censored at work or is being forced to comply with the current zeitgeist, post your resume on RedBalloon dot work and look for a new job. RedBalloon the job site where free speech is still alive. work. Oregon has joined a list of more than a dozen states vowing to follow California's lead in banning the sale of, now of new gas-powered vehicles by 2035. The move comes as California urges residents to not charge their electric vehicles during a heat wave to avoid straining the electric grid. Yes, they are insane. They also passed a law that making gravity illegal. Just kidding. Uh, An Oregon Department of Environmental Quality Advisory Committee is now in the process of creating what it calls Advanced Clean Cars 2, or Clean Cars 11, I don't know, rules, which will guide the state toward this new goal of going completely bankrupt. California announced on August 24th that it would begin to phase out gas-powered vehicles beginning in 2026, when 35% of all passenger vehicles and light-duty trucks sold in the state must be zero-emission vehicles. With an anticipated increase of nearly 8% annually, the state has vowed that 100% of all vehicles sold in California will be ZEVs, zero-emission vehicles, by 2035. Oregon aims to follow suit. They say, hey, wait, let us follow you off the cliff. We would like to drive all of the sane people in our state out of our state. We would like to destroy our economy and drive it straight into the ground. I quote. No, I'm kidding. The transportation sector accounts for more than 40% of Oregon's greenhouse gas emissions. The Oregon Department of Energy said in a statement, moving to cleaner alternative fuel, transportation options like zero-emission vehicles can reduce those harmful greenhouse gases, GHGs, and help Oregon bow down to the goddess of the environment. Actually, they didn't say that part. Reach its climate goals, right, and offer incense to the deities of nature. Oregon had already been working toward a goal set by its legislature in 2019 to have 250,000 registered ZEVs in the state by 2025. As of April, there were approximately 50,000 ZEVs on Oregon roads, falling well short of the pace to meet the goal in the first three years. So when you're falling short of the goal, you should definitely ramp it up, right? Right. We're committed to getting more electric vehicles on Oregon's roads, and 50,000 registered EVs is a major milestone, said Amanda Pietz. Something like that. Administrator of the Oregon Department of Transportation's Climate Office. EVs make up about 8% of new cars, trucks, and SUVs sold in Oregon, and we'll support that growing market through partnerships to build out EV charging stations along major roads and in Oregon's communities. And if they don't listen to us, we will shove it down their throats. I shouldn't say that last part, but the state will also support quote that market by banning gas powered vehicles. That's what I meant by shoving it down the throats and using taxpayer funded subsidies to prime the pump. Oregon offers as much as $7,500 in taxpayer-funded rebates on top of the federal tax credit of $7,500 toward the purchase of a ZEV. Utilities in the state are offering additional rebates, up to $1,500 for a vehicle purchase, and to $1,000 to install a residential home charger or workplace commercial charging station. Where will they get the electricity for the charging station? Nobody knows. But I'm told that the prophets of Baal have built an altar on the top of Mount Carmel, and they're calling out for the gods to send lightning fire. The Go Electric Oregon website encourages buyers to stack government incentives to obtain more than sixteen thousand five hundred use for the purchase of a zero emissions vehicle. According to Oregon Public Broadcasting, which you should never believe, taxpayers have already subsidized the purchase of electric vehicles at an average cost of sixty six thousand dollars to the tune of fifty five million. One 2018 estimate puts the average income of an electric vehicle driver at 150000 compared to the U.S. average of 63000 in May. The Oregon Department of Transportation committed to spending $100 million in federal state funds over the next five years to expand Oregon's EV charging infrastructure. Again, nobody knows where the electricity will come from. It's magic. It will come out of the air magically. To transition to ZEV seems to overlook increasing concerns over their environmental impact and national security implications, making ZEV batteries requires the use of fossil fuels. Okay? The very thing they're trying to stop? Anyways. To process ore and extract minerals, including lithium, cobalt, nickel, copper, and graphite. They also require steel, aluminum, plastic, and other materials. The extraction and processing of these minerals are dominated by China and the Democratic Republic of Congo. According to Bloomberg, China controls 80% of the market for EV batteries. China controls the market. 80% of the market for EV batteries. Hmm. What could go wrong? The push to convert to ZEVs will also create challenges to the electrical grid. Thank you. Where's this? Epic. Epic times. Thank you for telling us the truth. In a 2018 analysis, energy economists at the University of Texas found that if California drivers were to go fully electric overnight, the state would need about 47% more electricity than it currently consumes. All the states that follow California's emission standards will face similar challenges. But California's electrical grid is already strained, and Oregon's faces uncertainty. They're already having rolling blackouts. They're already having limited electricity, and they're trying to use more. With a heat wave looming, California's grid operator issued an alert on August 31st, urging residents to avoid using large appliances and charging electric vehicles between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. over the Labor Day weekend. Lowering electricity use during that time will ease strain on the system and prevent more drastic measures, including rotating power outages, the alert reads. Oregon Governor Kate Brown has supported removing or breaching the Lower Snake River dams to protect fish populations, which, again, what would that do? Would give them even less electricity, okay they want all electric cars they're already at the max of their use, and they're talking about actually just chopping off their legs, just chopping off the branch they're sitting on carbon free hydropower from dams makes up forty five percent of the electricity used in Oregon yeah de- definitely better better breach that dam that would be great that'll that'll really help with the electric car issues twenty <laughs> 20- Major League Baseball teams this is this is the this is the last story and this is break your heart if you love baseball Uh, promote or fund groups that perform child sex change operations National Review found that almost every team in Major League Baseball promotes or funds groups that encourage or provide sex change procedures and gender transitioning hormone treatment for minors as young as 12 years of age other organizations promote social transitions non-medical changes in gender expression including the adoption of new names pronouns and clothing for children as young as three much of the support these teams are lending is organized under the rubric of LGBTQ pride nights that the league pushes on all the teams. Along with the yearly events in the stadiums, the teams also donate money to a number of advocacy groups, usually local groups, but often national groups as well. The Detroit Tigers, for instance, support the Ruth Ellis Center and Corktown Health in Detroit, the magazine noted. At the checkout page for tickets to the Pride night game, the Tigers website offered a chance to support a local pride organization of your choice with a drop-down menu that included LGBT focused clinics such as the Ruth Ellis Center and Corktown Health, both of which perform medical gender transitions on minors. On top of masculinizing and Feminizing drugs, at least one, the Ruth Ellis Center, included irreversible gender affirming surgery in its suite of transition care for transgender youth options. Another charity promoted by the Tigers, the Trans Sisters of Color Project, was actively funding groups such as Trans Minors Rights, which advocates for empowering quote, transgender youth to make their own decisions regarding puberty blockers without requiring the consent of a parent. The magazine noted that the Tigers are only one example, and the Major League Baseball Pride Resource Guide promotes a long list of social justice groups that also push transgenderism on kids. The report found that five teams promoted groups that push dangerous surgeries on trans kids, including the Detroit Tigers, the Boston Red Sox, Milwaukee Brewers, Tampa Bay Rays, and the Cleveland Guardians four teams partner with organizations that provide counseling and referrals to youths for such medical procedures. That list includes L.A. Dodgers, Pittsburgh Pirates, San Diego Padres, and the Oakland A's, and another five teams promote groups that offer guides and promotion of the transgender lifestyle, including the Cincinnati Reds, Houston Astros, Arizona Diamondbacks, Philadelphia Phillies, Colorado Rockies. Finally, six team support groups that have lobbyists for the trans cause and otherwise advocate for the transgender lifestyle. Those include the Cubs, the White Sox, the Angels, the Twins, the Cardinals, and the Nationals. It's a classic case of institutional capture by the left, the magazine concluded, it is up to the fans to speak out and urge the league to reverse course on this outrageous advocacy. Hey, are you looking to move to Moscow, Idaho, where we are? Christchurch is actually hiring a full-time events coordinator to plan and manage all events for various ministries. Coordinators have to understand what it takes to make sure the logistics work out for our growing ministries, keep everything within the allocated budget, and ensure that the event itself is carried out smoothly. For more information, please contact Carson Sensing at C sensing, C-S-E-N-S-I-N-G, C-S-S-E-N-S-I-N-G, at Christ Kirk, Christ, and then K-I-R-K dot com if you're interested in applying for the job. The psalm of the day, well, it's 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 a scripture song taken from isaiah to the word this is one of our sea shanties and we're going to be singing this at the fight laugh feast conference in knoxville so this is going to help you get ready for the conference to the testimony and law to the word to the word we go if they don't speak this word they have no light at all bend break burn and blow sanctify the lord he said to the word to the word we go let him be your fear let him be your dread Bend, break, burn, and blow. To the testimony and law, to the word, to the word we go. If they don't speak this word, they have no light at all. Bend, break, burn, and blow. A stone of stone and a rock of offense. To the word, to the word we go. Against this word there is no
1: defense.
0: be adored then break burn and go if they do not feed on his word to the word to the word we go they shall hunger and thirst and die and herd And amen. This is Toby Sumter with Cross CrossPolitic News. Remember, you can always find the links to our news stories and these psalms at crosspolitic.com. Just click on the daily news brief and follow the links. Or find them on our app. Just search Fight, Laugh, Feast in your favorite app store and never miss a show. We're now doing a daily show with daily backstage content for Fight, Laugh, Feast club members. So join today. Get access to the backstage as well as a $100 discount at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference in Knoxville, October 6th through the 8th and have a great